Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Addiction Treatments That Work. I'm your host, Kenneth Anderson, and tonight our guest is Martin Schechter, MD. He is a co-investigator of the Naomi Project. It is the heroin maintenance treatment that they've been experimenting with in Vancouver, British Columbia. And before we start the show, I'm going to do a little blurb for our website and our book. Our website is hamsnetwork.org. We are a free-of-charge lay-led support group for people who want to make any positive change in their drinking habits, from safer drinking to reduced drinking to quitting altogether. And our book is called How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol. It's available from Amazon. For more information, go to hamsnetwork.org slash book. Um, our guest, uh, Dr. Schechter, has not called in yet. I'm going to try and call out to him and see if he is there. So just bear with us for one second here. I'm dialing out. And... All right, we're dialing out now and seeing if he's here. Hello, Dr. Schechter. Hello? Hello, Dr. Schechter. Yes. Um, This is Ken. Ken. Uh, Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I think we've got a little echo here, but I think we're okay. Um, Okay, this is Dr. Martin Schechter, MD, who is a co-investigator of the Heroin Maintenance Project, Project Naomi, in Vancouver, British Columbia. We're glad to have you on the show this evening, Dr. Schechter. Thank you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about this project. Um, How did this come about? Well, um, in the the, uh, last decade, In Vancouver, we became aware of results from Europe, primarily uh, Switzerland and Holland, that showed that that maintenance with medically prescribed heroin could be uh, quite effective for individuals who were outside of the treatment system or who were not benefiting from conventional therapies. So we embarked upon um, conducting a a trial, a a clinical trial, of medically prescribed heroin. We originally wanted to uh, uh, do it uh, in Canada and North America, uh, and uh, the United States, sorry, and that's why the NA of Naomi stands for North American, but ultimately our colleagues in the United States were unable to participate for regulatory, legal, and other reasons. So we did the, the trial in um, uh, Vancouver and Montreal. And the purpose was to see whether use of medically prescribed heroin in very hard-to-treat people with heroin addiction who had not benefited from multiple treatment attempts in the past, whether that is preferable or more effective than a try at uh, methadone again. So that was the purpose. Um, When we see heroin depicted in the media, it looks like kind of a scary drug. What kind of effects does heroin have on people? Does it make them violent? No, when you take um, heroin, and you actually, if you take street heroin, there's a lot of crap that's added to it uh, as it's being cut and so on. But if you strip all of that away, the active ingredient in heroin is uh, something called diacetyl morphine. And if you looked at a picture of the molecule, uh, you would find it incredibly similar to many drugs that we use in the hospital. So morphine, Demerol, uh, Dilaudid. Uh, these are all members of the same family. And essentially, it's a drug that causes sedation. Uh, it doesn't cause 
uh, agitation. It ca- causes the exact opposite. Uh, it's called on the street. It's known as a downer. So, uh, and it can be used the same way that all of those medications I mentioned uh, are used uh, on a medical basis. Now, what did someone have to do to qualify for the study, Project Naomi? Uh, what were the criteria? Um, they were very strict. The person had to be over age 25, uh, and a lot of these um, restrictions are sort of political uh, on what was going to be acceptable. Um, so over age 25, chronic history of heroin addiction, so at least five years, um, regular daily use of heroin, um, and no treatment in the last six months. So essentially, uh, oh, and then, of course, at least two treatment attempts in the past, including one uh, bona fide attempt at methadone, but usually there were more than that. So you're looking at people who have been addicted to heroin for quite some time. They've tried treatment in the past, including methadone, and it hasn't worked for them, and they're currently uh, outside of the treatment system. Now, the DSM doesn't require physical dependence uh, to define uh, substance dependence. Uh, You can be substance dependent based on other criteria. Did you require physical dependence? We required the DSM definition of opioid dependence as part of the inclusion, and that was determined by addiction medicine physicians uh, working on the study. So it wasn't necessarily that everyone was physically dependent, but... uh, they could. They had a terrible time staying away from heroin. Is that it? Uh, yes, but I can tell you that uh, virtually everyone in the study was heavily dependent. Okay. What were some of the results of this study? Were there any changes uh, that you saw in yes. people and in communities? Yes. So uh, when we looked at the two groups, so one was a group that was prescribed medical heroin, uh, and they could get methadone as well if they wanted it, and then the the control group was people that received only methadone. Uh, We found, first of all, that retention in treatment was much higher. It was um, over 80% in the heroin group, but only about 50-odd percent in the methadone group. And we also found, in terms of treatment response, that there was a much better clinical response to those who were randomized to receive heroin as opposed to those who were randomized to methadone. Uh, So we saw both effects in retention and in uh, treatment response. Now, in a subsequent uh, analysis, we looked at the issue of cost because uh, many opponents of this will argue that we can't afford to do this kind of therapy because it's very expensive. And the fact is it's true that medically prescribed heroin is more expensive than methadone because you have to have... uh, three times a day contact with the patient at a specialized clinic, and so on. But when you factor in all of the savings, because people are committing far less crime, they're not in jail, they're not in the hospital or the emergency room, it turns out that although the treatment is more expensive, it actually saves more than it costs. So it's actually highly cost-effective as a treatment. Tell me a little bit more about those details about the reduction in crime and less time spent in hospitals in the emergency room. Right. So we looked at um, people in both arms of the study, and we looked at their total costs in terms of criminal activity. So we had um, 
estimates of uh, the, the criminal justice costs for each individual, and as well their medical costs in terms of emergency room visits and hospitalizations. And as I said earlier, um, the savings in those things over, uh, offset uh, to a significant degree the additional cost of the treatment. So, uh, in effect, now uh, to give you a number, in Europe, the Dutch looked at this, and they found that in a year of treatment, um, the total savings per participant was about 13,000 euros in a year. So that's about uh, you know 15 or 16 thousand dollars. So you actually end up saving that for each participant who's put on method, who's put on medically prescribed heroin. Now, did you track at all if uh, the subjects were using other drugs, other street drugs? Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, that was one of the main clinical outcomes was whether what their use of illicit street drugs continued to be. So <clears throat> in the heroin, in both groups, people began the study using heroin 26 days out of the prior 30 days, which is a lot. In the heroin group, by the end of 12 months, that had fallen to five months, five days in the prior month. So a significant decline in use of street drugs. Okay. Uh, were you just following uh, if they were using illicit heroin, or were you following no, other we things at like... Cocaine. We look at cocaine and all street drugs. Uh, I, I understand that a lot of uh, uh, people in methadone clinics uh, frequently use Xanax. Uh, did you follow that one? We followed use of benzodiazepines, and that was relatively low but um, and didn't change. Okay. And what are some of the other countries that have uh, tried heroin maintenance? Uh, let's see. Germany, Switzerland, uh, Holland, Spain, Canada, and uh, England. And have they all found that it's been successful? Yes, they have. And in fact, heroin maintenance it continues to be available in all of those countries except Canada. So they actually went from doing a study to actually implementing a treatment program. Now, what was the reaction of the participants in the study when they were no longer able to access the medically prescribed heroin? Well, it was very mixed. Uh, some people, as they approached 12 months, began to plan the fact that the treatment was no longer going to be available, <coughs> and many of them switched to methadone. And in fact, we just looked at what occurred to the people who switched to methadone when they completed their treatment, and they actually did remarkably well in the 12 months after the treatment ended. We had over a 50% retention in methadone after it ended, and many of the benefits that they had um, attained during the treatment period um, they, they they kept. Now, they, of course, they didn't keep all of them. Some of the parameters like street drug use and other things rebounded slightly, as you would expect. But actually, they never, never came back to the baseline level uh, they were at when the study started. So it shows that the effects of this are not simply medicinal, but they're psychosocial effects that uh, the benefit can extend beyond the uh, treatment period. So the medical heroin actually acted as a gateway into the treatment system for other treatments. That, that's exactly right. The theory here is you've got people who are spending all day, every day, 
uh, worrying about getting their necks fixed. So they're committing crimes, they're uh, doing sex work, and so on. They're in what, what they call the grind. So the idea here is, and, and, they're, and they're doing heroin all the time in, in alleys and in, in uh, shooting galleries and so on. The idea here is to get them into a medical environment with counselors, nurses, and doctors, get them out of the grind, and hope stabilize their lifestyle, and then hopefully get them to a point um, where they're ready to move on to some other form of treatment. Now, if heroin-assisted treatment were to become more common, would this be our first approach to treatment or our last approach, or where would it uh, fall? Uh, well, we recommended at the end of the study that methadone, um, when it's used appropriately and, and, um, and optimized for the client, can be very effective. So we think that that should be first-line treatment. And we think medically prescribed heroin with methadone or without methadone should be reserved for people who have not benefited, not benefited from conventional treatment. Okay. What about buprenorphine? Well, when the study began, buprenorphine was not available in Canada, and even now there's no evidence that it provides any uh, greater effect than methadone. So we think the, the same statement will be true about buprenorphine. All right. Um, where, where do you plan to go next with this research on heroin-assisted treatment? Okay, so one of the interesting sidebars in Naomi was we treated a small number of people, not with heroin, but with the injectable treatment of hydromorphone, which is Dilaudid. And it turned out they didn't even realize they were on Dilaudid, and they did just as well. Um, and this came as a big surprise to us. So it raised the question in our minds whether injectable Dilaudid could be as effective as medically prescribed heroin. And if that were true, Dilaudid would be much more politically and legally um, palatable in many more settings than heroin would. So right now we're conducting a study to prove that or to see if medically prescribed hydromorphone is as effective as medically prescribed heroin. Oh, that's a very interesting result. Now, Dilaudid, is that available by prescription in the United States? It is, yes. So that would save a lot of the headaches of you know trying to deal with heroin, which is not available by prescription in the U.S. That's correct. So that's the obvious advantage, and that's why we're trying to show that it's as effective. You were also involved with something called Project Salome, I believe? Well, that's the one I just told you about. So Salome, okay. Salome is the follow-up study that's looking at the effectiveness of injectable Dilaudid. Okay. The other, the other thing that Salome is, is whether we can switch people, once they've been stabilized on the injectable form of treatment, whether they can be switched to an oral form of treatment and whether that remains as effective. Now, if that were true, that would make it also much more widely accessible because oral formulations will be much more easily provided than um, the injectable, which has to be done in specialized clinics. Yeah, injection itself is attended by a host of difficulties uh, not, uh, that don't accompany uh, oral administration, for sure. Right, that's right. 
did you I, I saw I was at the harm reduction conference in Portland, Oregon. I did not have a chance to visit uh, the presentations, but I believe there that there were some on heroin assisted treatment there. Yes, I, I wasn't able to participate there either, but I understand there were, I think, uh, some additional findings from uh, sites in England were presented, um, but uh, we, were, we weren't there. Okay. Um, I, I'm starting to run out of questions for you. Um, okay. Uh, is there anything that you would like to conclude with or t tell us about? No, I think you've asked uh, the relevant questions. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the United States if we end up showing Dilaudid to be as effective. Uh, it will be interesting to see if um, if it uh, is adopted in uh, anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't know about that part of the study. I had heard yeah. only about the uh, heroin right. well, the heroin maintenance programs. Right. It seems like it could be a really helpful thing. Um, I'm currently yep. also working in needle exchange, right. so yep, yep. It, it seems like it could be really good. Yeah, it could be. Well, we hope so. Well, I think we're going to conclude this episode. All right. But okay. I want to thank you very much for being our guest, and it's been a fascinating topic. All right. Well, thanks very much for having me. Okay, everyone, we'll see you all next week with our next show. So, everyone, good night.